Jim, let's talk about what technologies are being featured on IMTS Spark. You can quickly find content geared towards specific technologies and solutions featuring live demos, exhibits, and more. They look great. They are software, additive, CAD CAM, cleaning, controls, inspection, materials, and machining centers, all things that we're well aware of. But there's more, Jim. There is. And there's a bunch of stuff that me as an industrial supply guy, I'm familiar with. Automation, boring, cutting tools, drilling, fabricating, forming, measuring, milling, turning, and work holding. You forgot grinding. Oh, and grinding. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And there's more. So go to imts.com slash spark to find out about all these new technologies. Welcome to Making Chips. We believe that manufacturing is challenging, but if you are connected to a community of leaders, you can elevate your skills, solve your problems, and grow your business. I'm your host, Jason Zenger, and I'm joined by the number two and number three hosts of the Best Manufacturing Podcast, Jim Carr and Nick Goldner. Oh, great. I'm in the top three. Good morning. I'm happy about this. So it's kind of funny. I say this as a joke. I'm kind of poking fun at Jim because Jim always thinks the spotlight is on him. So, Well, I am the celebrity podcaster, yeah, you, you right? you are. He's yeah. the lead singer of the band. Let's <laughs> he thinks he is. What was that show with the uh, Backstreet Boys or Sync where they, oh. it was like- the, Oh, yeah. Guys. Jason's Lance Bass, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, let's let's get into this. So guys, you know, we've talked about this before. You know, I have a bunch of kids. I have four. I think- like, Yeah, when, you do. I, I think when you have four kids, you can call them a bunch. Like you have a bunch of grapes. I agree. And I mistake their names all the time. Like I'm always calling like, you know, Henry Deacon and Deacon Henry. And I even call Francesca, you know, Henry sometimes. It's really, <laughs> it's really weird. But my eldest is actually kind of sort of named after one of the greatest of all time in the NFL. So you you know his first name, right? Brady. Brady. Yeah. Yeah, Brady yeah. Zenger. Of course. So my wife the goat. Well, hopefully my son one day will be the the goat too. How old is Brady now? Brady's uh 7. So my wife is a huge football fan. She grew up in Dallas. She, you know, big Dallas Cowboys fan, but she's always had a lot of respect for Tom Brady, and he is now the newly crowned MVP of the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And to a lot of people, he's the greatest of all time in the NFL and maybe even the greatest of all time athlete. I mean, a lot of people are saying that. Now. Well, you know, Michael Jordan, there's a lot of well, good Well, Michael athletes. Jordan's got six and Tom Brady has seven. But the difference with Tom Brady is that he did it with two different teams. And they said Tom Brady could never do it with Belichick. Without Belichick, yeah. Yeah, without Belichick, sorry. Yeah. That's and why this did. one is such a big deal because now he can say, hey, look, I have something to do with all these rings. It's not just the coach. Exactly, exactly. And the coach has a, uh, has a story unto himself, which which we'll talk about. So I'm not a big football fan. I watched the last five minutes of, of the Super Bowl, which was probably enough. But I did some research on Tom Brady. And yeah, he is quite an amazing he's man. He's quite an amazing man. And I thought it would be fun and interesting to put that in the context of a manufacturing leader and say, okay, what makes Tom Brady's performance so great? And maybe if there's something that the metalworking nation out there can change, if they can like nudge themselves to being more of a higher performing leader, they can take some tips from Tom Brady. I know what it is. I know his secret. Tom Brady's secret? Avocado ice cream. No, he's married to a hot model. 
Well, that, it's I mean, because of the avocado you know, it, ice it cream. Could be, I think avocados are, are big. I eat avocados almost every day, and I think that's a big you, part of You it. know that's like the meme joke about him. It, no, he, I didn't he, know that. He and Giselle have like all their diets and all their routines, yeah. and like they eat a lot of avocado ice cream, so that's what everyone says. <laughs> avocado is I'm awesome. I'm starting to think that like my wife and I have a lot in common with Tom and Giselle. Maybe yeah, we need my, to like be friends or except something. Except for you have zero Super Bowl rings. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I do have zero Super Bowl And you know what? I'm going to die with zero Super Bowl rings too. <laughs> Probably. So first of all, you know, did you guys even, you know, watch the Super Bowl? Of course. I, you know, what do you guys- Of course. You did watch it, the whole thing? Not, no, it was on the whole time and, you know- I did. Were you like intimately watching every play? Yes, I Okay. I was. I, well, I kind of figured I you would be. I got into like betting on sports and stuff. So, oh, that's I, right, you have. Yeah, he's the big gambler now. Rob Gronkowski getting the first touchdown of the game and that hit. So I was like in the money. Are you still up? Oh yeah, like, but I think I'm done. Like I decided I'm okay, not gonna because I want to ride off into the sunset. Yeah, with my buy rings. yourself with buy, your seventy nine dollars and eighty five cents. <laughs> buy your wife something nice and then tell her that you're done. That's I what think I that did. would be a good way to end it. That's what Valentine's Day was this week. There you go. Uh, there you there go. You go. That's nice. You know what's funny? I actually got my wife a present that was inspired by Tom Brady too. So he has a line of my. Wait wife- a minute. You guys bought your wife's Valentine's gifts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So listen, because this is in context. Oh, I'm glad that Nick- I can tell you haven't been married 31 years, 33 years. I, I'm glad I that- want to be married that long. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm glad that Nick brought this up because apparently when I was reading about him, he wears a particular type of pajamas when he goes to bed that was created by him and Under Armour that has some kind of like material in it that helps to relax his muscles and make it so that he could sleep better at night. And so I started looking this up and my wife works out really hard too. Like she's always, I'm always like having to work out some of her like, you know, back muscles and stuff like that. And so I bought these, they have a line of women's shirt and shorts and stuff like that. And so, yeah, so that's her Valentine's present too. So sounds made up. No, it's it's not. Like, look it, it up. It I think actually it's called, works. I think it's called Under Armour Recover. I'm going to find out. I didn't give it to her yet. It's not Valentine's yet. You know, I did the recording stuff of early. <laughs> so anyway, so uh, in this episode, you know, we're going to talk about how a manufacturing leader can take some cues from Tom Brady and they can become more of a high-performing player. So before we go there, though, Jim, why don't you share some good news with uh, the Metalworking Nation? Oh, I got to pick one, right? Pick one. Yeah, just pick one. So much good news. We got our ITAR registration this week. Good so, for you. Yeah, that was And that's good. a good segue into um, what we're going to talk about in manufacturing, manufacturing news. news. Yeah. So, so yeah, we're ITAR registered, you know. With the help of ProShop ERP, I'm sure. Yes. Well, ITAR is not AS9100. It's a subset of AS9100, but it, you know, there's counterfeit is a big thing, risk is a big thing, and ITAR just means you're protecting the legitimacy of the proprietary information of the, of That's the customer's important. stuff. That's important. And I'm, huge. I'm telling you, so like, you know, this is kind of a side subject, but another manufacturing leader that's been on the show before has software that makes email transfer of those kind of documents a lot more secure. And maybe that's something that we should talk about in the future. Because I think ITAR needs to, you know, kind of get on the boat with better security. Because like you could put passwords on things, but all that stuff can be broken. But we don't need to decide. Yeah, that we now, we could have a whole episode on ITAR. Well let's do it. Yeah. I think so. So anyway, for for manufacturing news, this was a press release from DARPA. And DARPA, in you know, like a few words, is the Defense Department's Emerging Technology Research Arm. Nick, do you have what is it actually? The acronym, the acronym? Yeah. yeah. Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. Okay. So, great. Sounds pretty intense. Yeah, it does. So I'm gonna read part of this. Press Who was the founder? Guess. I, you know, I used to know this. Oh of DARPA? Yeah. He, oh, I have no idea. Uh, he was one of our presidents. Eisenhower? 
Eisenhower. You oh, got I guess it, it ding, right. Ding, wow, ding. founded that in was, that was just a wild guess. Founded in 1958. So, little quick fun fact. So, there's the Eisenhower Expressway in Chicago, which goes from the west suburbs to downtown, and they intentionally made that highway perfectly straight. So, in case of like a war in the United States, they could close off the actual highway and land fighter jets on the highway. I That's what I was I've told. I've heard that before. Because like most highways, if you think about it, they curve around. Right, like they're But a the mess. Eisenhower, which is 290, yep. is perfectly straight. It really is. Cool. Right. So Very it's cool. kind of interesting. So let me read from this press release. As commercial space companies increase the cadence of successful rocket launches, access to space is becoming more routine for both government and commercial interests. But even with regular launches, modern rockets impose mass and volume limits on the payloads they deliver to orbit. The size constraint hinders developing and deploying large-scale dynamic space systems that can adapt to changes in their environment or mission. So basically what they're saying is we can't rocket up into space large structures that either could be helpful for space exploration or just helpful for making repairs and stuff like that. And so what DARPA is trying to do is that they introduce this program called, you say it NOMAD, but it's N-O-M-4-D, which stands for Novel Orbital and Moon Manufacturing Materials and Mass Efficient Design Program. So it it seeks to pioneer technologies for adaptive off-Earth manufacturing to produce large-scale space and lunar structures a.k.a. we need to put a manufacturing plant on the moon or in orbit. (laughs) I mean, does that sound crazy? Crazy. It it sounds like this show I've been watching on Amazon Prime called The Expanse. Oh, really? Okay. It's kind of like sci-fi. There's Mars, there's the U.S., and then there's everyone in the belt. Yeah. And Mars is like this big manufacturing planet. Wow. that's int- And I'm reading a book called This Perfect Day, and they kind of allude to the fact that there's, you know, like colonies on Mars and, and, yeah, it's, oh, and no. stuff it's like crazy. that. It is kind of crazy. And when I, whenever I think about DARPA, I always think the, the show Lost. Yeah. Oh, which yeah. Is, which, yeah. Is, which is kind of interesting. So let me read a little bit more about from this press release. Nomad's vision is to develop foundational materials, processes, and designs needed to realize in-space manufacturing of large, precise, and resilient defense department systems, says Bill Carter, program manager in DARPA's Defense Sciences Office. We will explore the unique advantages afforded by on-orbit manufacturing using advanced materials ferried from Earth. Manufacturing off-Earth maximizes mass efficiency and at the same time could serve to enhance stability, agility, and adaptability for a variety of space systems. When do they think this is all going to come to fruition? I mean, when... Great, that's a great question, Jim. Because I I don't think I'm going to be around to see this. Okay, so that's a great question. So what they're doing right now is they're looking for proposers. So they're looking for... So the way that DARPA is doing like what a lot of companies are doing right now, which is they're kind of like crowdsourcing intelligence, and they're saying, okay, bring to me your ideas, and if they're good will back you in order to get this done. So what it also says is we're looking for proposers to come up with system designs that are so mass efficient that they can only be built off Earth and with features that enable them to withstand maneuvers, eclipses, damage, and thermal cycles typical of space and lunar environments. So if there's somebody from you know the metalworking nation out there that is a lot smarter than the three of us and they have something, they need to make a proposal to DARPA. So that's pretty cool. Here's what yeah. I'm thinking about. This, this might be a little out there. Go ahead, like Nick. space. No pun intended, so right? So how big is the Earth compared to the moon? Like how many moons could fit in the Earth? You guys oh, a lot. Yeah. A lot. Yeah, so it's I, very small. I guess what I'm thinking is like, 
So the moon controls all sorts of like gravitational pulls of like waves and stuff like that. Does the moon control it or does the earth control well, like the waves, moon from a gravitational the, standpoint? The moon's gravitation like makes waves. I know that. It like makes waves. Oh, okay. Okay. Something like that. This is all above my head. But like if you start building all sorts of stuff on the moon, now it's like a bigger thing. Well, you Could know. that screw stuff up on earth? Well, I mean, we're screwing up the earth. Might as well screw up <laughs> the rest of the solar system. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, it's just that sounds really, really intense. It's really, it's out, really, it's intense, really, no doubt. it's out there. It, like, like I said, it's for smarter people than us. But you know what? There <laughs> yeah. is going to be a young person that's going to that a super smart young person that's going to figure this out. The greatest of all time, maybe, maybe Jason's son. I'm maybe, going to I'm, maybe Brady. Okay, so I'm going to put my moonshot out on making chips right now. I want to be the first cutting tool distributor on the moon. Oh, cool. We'll have a lot of customers. And maybe maybe at some point my son Brady will be the president of Moon Industrial Supply selling (laughs) cutting tools on the moon. We're laughing about it now, but it it certainly has some legs. Yeah. All right. So let's get let's get into the episode. So we want to talk about, and I put together four reasons why Tom Brady's success as an athlete and a great leader is not an accident and why manufacturing leaders need to take some cues from him. So the first one is his mindset or his attitude about himself, his life, and his legacy. So Tom Brady, he's 43 years old, so he's a year younger than me. He has one he has won seven Super Bowl rings. And one of the things that he said one time is, when I suck, I'll retire, but I don't plan on sucking for a long time. And I really liked that attitude. It's well, like it's simple. It's simple. Yeah. I mean, if I'm gonna be the best, why would I retire? You know, and I'm gonna retire when I suck. And I think like that goes a long way for even manufacturing leaders. I think that we, you know, we retire too early. You know what I mean? One of the other—they've uh, still of, got me going hard. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Jim. I mean, at, at seventy, you're you're like hitting it hard. I'm sorry, sixty. No, you know what? So that's kind of interesting. I've been talking to some of my uncles who are getting to that age where they're starting to think about it. And a what lot is of, that age? Whatever the it's okay, different for okay. for Willie, but my look at Willie. I know ninety yeah. isn't that age. Yeah. Oh my god, he's still running around the factory. Yeah, and so that's why some of my uncles are like, I can't retire if my dad's still working. It looks bad. But, exactly. Yeah. But they're. They're thinking about like, okay, maybe in a few years I can like kind of step away a little bit, like be more of a two days a week, three days a week. And that's really popular in Europe too. Like senior people at a company will work every other day or take four day weekends every single weekend. And they kind of transition them out instead of like, boom, you're retired. See ya. Yeah. So that's a great point. So there comes a point in the NF in an NFL career where your body just can't keep compete with the young right. players. Like there's going to be a time, and like one of his teammates, Rob Gronkowski, said Tom's probably going to play until about 55 years old if he could, and that's and that's probably true. And is that re- that's not realistic though? Well, he's going to play until he sucks, Jim. And that's right. his that, yeah. The that's key his word vision. is if he could, and I, he's more likely to start sucking not because he started sucking, but because like someone broke his femur. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna get a bad football sack is hard. Football is football hard. is really hard. You know, but maybe they'll just they'll develop a better offensive line so they can protect him for longer. I mean, right. you know, who knows? No, I think the defensive line is gonna get stronger, or or he, that. Yeah, and he's gonna go down one day, and he's gonna have a serious serious accident. Yeah, that, like, that, that uh, could be. So Drew Brees retired this year. Yeah, it's the same year he broke eleven ribs. Oh, there you go. Yikes! So, but Ouch. let's let's think about that. For a manufacturing leader, they don't typically have to worry about that kind of like physical strain on the floor. They right, don't have to right, worry right. about breaking ribs. So longevity in your career is going to be more realistic. So it's more about your intellect and your leadership and your passion and those kind of abilities. So I think that you know, for a manufacturing leader, they need to think about well, can I? continue working until I'm 90, like like Willie Golner. And 
one of the other business minds that I follow is, is a guy named Dan Sullivan, and he's the owner of Strategic Coach. And one of the things that he always says is that his future is going to be greater than his past. And this is a man that is in his 70s, and he wants to keep producing more and keep producing better and being a better leader for decades to come. And he's Mm -hmm. 70 now. So for manufacturing leaders, again, it's about your passion. It's about your intellect. It's about your leadership skills. And you don't have to worry about, you know, not making it past 50 because you probably make it till 90. And I think that that mindset just carries you for longer. The whole notion of like retirement is my understanding. I haven't done research on this, but my understanding is a very new phenomena. It kind of goes back to the start of manufacturing plants when you had these steel mills and they were taxing physically on the bodies of the men that worked in these steel mills. And so the companies went to them and they said, okay, if you will endure this for the next 20 years or next 30 years, we're going to make sure that you have this defined benefit pension that is going to sustain you for the next 30. So they agreed to that kind of a rigorous environment on the manufacturing floor. But like, and then it started turning into like a lot of people. I'm a little fuzzy on the history of, of, of retirement. And so, you know, maybe that's somebody can correct me as far as that goes, but that's my understanding of a part of that. And maybe as it relates to like, you know, defined pension. So you know what like my that. grandfather says about retirement? Yeah, I'd love to hear. He says, I have a lot of friends who retired. They're all dead. Exactly. <laughs> and that's, and what that's I very hear true. from my peers, the people that I know that have retired early are saying they go back to work after two years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're bored out of their freaking minds at home. Yep. So they, they just, they got to do something. So they, they, they go back. Didn't your dad just say that the other he's, day? He's 70 or maybe even 71 now. And he's He's starting to like, I think, get bored. He's starting to do some odd jobs for me and stuff like that. He said when he's when he comes back to, you know, he lives in Wisconsin now, but when he comes back there, he's he was like, Can I come in one day a week? I was like, Absolutely. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not gonna pay you, but you can come in. Right. You know, and work. That's well, fine. He probably People would love care. to see you, you know. Yeah, right. he probably doesn't care. He just he wants to get his mind off of things and you know, and and I even told him, I was like, You should you should get a job. You should, you know, do some like pro bono consulting and like try to help other business owners. And so I think he'll change as far as that goes. But yeah, I definitely want to see my dad's longevity increase. And I think your mind and your mindset kind of goes with those things. So there's another leader that I look up to, which is who's John Piper. He's a pastor and he changed my mindset about retirement and contribution. And he has like a famous sermon and a famous book called Don't Waste Your Life. And he paints a picture of it where someone retires to Florida and they spend the next 20 years picking shells on the beach. And they see this as the way that their life should go in retirement. And then when the day they die, they're in front of God and they say, God, look at my seashell collection. And if you can imagine that whole scene, God looking at your seashell collection, it's like you wasted your life, you know? And that really truly is an interesting perspective. And that changed the way that I thought about it. Me personally, I'm not saying that's for everybody, but for me personally, that's the way that it really clicked in my head. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, I think you, you need to respect everyone's feelings for what they envision retirement is going to be. Yep. Some people may want to keep going until they're 70 or like your, your grandpa, Nick, 90. But some people don't. Some people are just exhausted by, the, and maybe it, they're physically exhausted. Maybe they're yeah. mentally exhausted. But they just need. They think in their head they really have had enough. 
and they're going to retire at 63 or whatever. We had somebody that we exited from you know, our team in 2020. And he, you know, it came down to a relief because he had a wife who was very physically incapable of taking care of herself. And for him, it was like, now I get to take care of my wife and I don't have to worry mm. about work. And so like, you know, for him, the retirement was a little bit different. He's not going to stop working, but he's going to be dedicating his life to to something else. So here's kind of another, you know, like fun fact. So the coach of the of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is actually the oldest NFL coach to win a Super Bowl. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. How old is he, Nick? I, don't I think he's know. almost 70, right? Hang on, Googling. He's definitely up there, but you know, when you when you get to that age, you have sixty eight. Okay. So you have a lot of wisdom. And, you know, for somebody that's working in like a kind of like an intellect manner, you know, there's something to be said about the wisdom that you take with us. Jim always reminds us of that's why, you know, he's so valuable. When it's more right. about your mind and your energy, all that and wisdom your connections and your wisdom, then because I you know that John Piper thing on the seashells. I, I've I've heard You've that heard too. that, yeah. And another kind of parallel to that was like, if you think of like the years of your life, like a speedometer, the older you get, like the more you can do for others. Mm -hmm. But what happens is as we get older, a lot of times people just like kind of be like, okay, they start focusing only on themselves and they kind of like detach a little bit and like go move and get that lake house or whatever. And then they don't. That is what happens. I right. believe that when you get older, I would say a very, very high percentage of people, once they're past a certain age, 55, 60, 65, 70, you start to depart and you stop engaging with people that you normally did because you just, well, first of all, you're probably fed up with people and you just want to detach a little bit. But I think it's, I think it's a natural thing that you just want to settle in and just be a little less connected to people. I mean, I see it happening in, in our group of friends and, you know, we just, but I wonder if that's a mindset thing. I wonder if it's because you're not surrounded by the right people that, could you be. know, because, could be. you know, you could go along that path where you just become like that cranky old person or, yes. or you can have a mindset where, you know, I think what, what's going to end up making people successful is if you say, okay, how do I, as I get older, delegate and elevate as, as they say in like EOS terms into things that are more uniquely what I do best so that I can only focus on those things that I do best and I'm energized by those things rather than doing the things that make me crabby that I don't want to do. Yeah, or maybe like the kind of on the opposite side of that, you know, when you're retired, you have enough financial stability that you don't have to work anymore. So you have actually more time to contribute to others. So yes. yeah. like delegating work to mm -hmm. others, you actually have more to give. Yeah. Well, that could be your the thing that you're uniquely should be doing. Yeah. So one of the other aspects related to, you know, mindset is that Tom Brady actually trains his mind. So one of the things that I found interesting is that he recognizes that his brain needs to better process information and make split second decisions. So he actually, it's known that he uses an app that sharpens his reaction time so that he could be better prepared on the field. And I think that that's the same thing that kind of goes to, you know, reading books and making yourself. Well, he's, he's exercising his mind. He's exercising his mind. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm sure he's exercising his body too. I mean, he would have to be. Oh yeah. Well, so we're going to get into that when we get into his routines, which is number two. My dad has apps. Like the that like help you know yeah. keep your mind. Oh. It's like all these little like mental games. Yeah, they're like, like little puzzles, like and little like, like IQ that. tests. Yeah. Type stuff. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna look into that. So another fun thing about attitude. So we're talking about mindset and attitude. One of Tom Brady's teammates, linebacker Levante David, explained on a podcast about Tom Brady after we won the NFC Championship. Me, I'm all happy and beep. I'm geeked up. David said, "I guess somebody was crying, and I heard Brady say." 
what the F are you crying about? We're not done yet. So I love that about his mindset that he's like, you know what? That's fine that we're the number one in the NFC, but we're not done yet. Yeah, we haven't no. won the Super Bowl yet. All right. And, and I think that kind of goes to a lot of people that are successful, that they're very driven in their mindset. They're like, you know, I have a vision that I've cast and I'm not there yet, you know? Yeah. So, and neither am I. Yeah, there you go, Jim. There you go, Jim. Yeah, you've got a vision. You've got your new building. You've got how you want to transform your company. I have that same thing. Nick has that same thing. And we cast that vision and we're not there yet. Yeah. No, I'm not there yet. And if everything goes well, if you even if you achieve that vision, well, you cast another one. Yeah, now you set a new one, right? Exactly. So maybe, you know, Tom Brady's, you know, after he's done, his second vision is being a coach and winning. I'm sure that's what I'm sure that's the direction. I think that's like the difference between mission and vision is vision is something that's like out in the future that you can achieve. And mission is kind of like why you're even trying to achieve. Well, it's what you're doing every day. Right. Yeah, exactly. So mindset is really important. We've talked about it on the show before. It's important to really make sure that your mind is aligned and your mind is on the things that are are most, most important. I personally really focus on my mindset. And I, I've got a lot of tools, which we talked about on the show in order to help myself with that. And, it, and I think that we could take some cues from Tom Brady, who does the same thing. You know, Jim, IMTS AMT, the parent company, they're doing some great things to augment IMTS not being there in right. 2020. And one of, or any of the other conferences they have. Yeah, or, or any of the other conferences. You're right. And one of the things that I want to find out more about is the demo days. Hmm. Not familiar with that. Sounds like a live demo, right? Well, let's let's call up my good friend Stefan Lamarca. He's very he's <laughs> I think a, his name is Steve. Well, he's a very fancy guy, so he likes to be called Stefan. Let's call him up and ask him about demo days and what he likes us to call him. Very good. Oh, hey, Steven, it's Jason Zanger and Jim Carr. First of all, you want to go by the fancy Stefan or just the uh, your normal old Steve? Uh, Steve or Steven's fine with me, man. All right, Perfect. cool. I, I think we'll keep it simple and we'll retain the Steve, the one syllable way. So tell us what's going on with the demo days. All right. So so what is IMTS demo days? Yeah, what what is IMTS demo days? Yeah, yeah. So, so IMTS, with the feedback that we've received from our IMTS audience over the past year, especially IMTS season last year in 2020, what our audience misses the most is actually seeing new tech products. Well, that's why we go. Sure, sure. IMTS is is 100% about the latest in manufacturing technology, but the people, especially me too, really miss seeing, smelling, and feeling the show in person. The pandemic forced IMTS to fully embrace digital media. And as far as I'm concerned, we crushed it. I mean, we have awards to prove it. But I I reiterate, the audience misses a good old analog trade show the most. Demo Days is the best and most importantly, the safest way we can deliver that. So tell us what exactly is Demo Days. Is it just an online version of what you would normally touch and feel and smell and ask questions about at the IMTS show? Yeah, I mean, I mean, with the exception to the fact that, you know, smell-o-vision still isn't a thing. Oh, I thought you guys, I thought you guys got that one down. I, I wish, but, you know, that's something you can really only experience in person. Right. But because everybody's, you know, most people at least are at home and behind a computer screen and, and logged into Zoom calls, etc., this is basically a way to experience what you would see on the show floor at IMTS, particularly in a booth 
and to see a exhibitor's demonstration of whatever tech they've got, this is a way of seeing that, but in the comfort of your own home on your own couch. Nice. So can we ask questions and everything about a technology when we're logged in? Absolutely. Absolutely. Think of it just like, you know, IMTS, but through like you know, something like Zoom or Microsoft Teams, where you're in a meeting and, and like all the attendees, all the people watching, you know, they can raise their hand and ask and post a question and the demonstrators would would answer it or, or show you something in particular. It's, yeah. it's so, just like that. It's like yeah. live programming. Yeah. So, Steve, so I would imagine the different machine tool manufacturers are participating in this. Yes. Okay. Yeah. There's so a there's a handful of different manufacturers. Okay. Um, a list a little too long for me to cover. Right. This right. Right. Right here. But if you want all of the details, we've got all of the details for that stuff on imts.com slash demo days. Each day has a theme, and it starts Wednesday, February third, and every Wednesday following that through March tenth. Gotcha. And so, so for example, like February 3rd is the, the topic for February 3rd is CNC controls and software. Seems really like HMIs, stuff like that. February 10th is going to be all additive manufacturing. February 17th is going to be automation, robotics, and inspection systems. February 24th is going to be tooling and work holding. March 3rd, that Wednesday is going to be milling and machining centers. And March 10th, the last day of uh, demo days, is uh, turning lathes, production machines like that. So it's almost like you're going from one pavilion to another at the IMTS show on those different days. Exactly, exactly. And just so everybody doesn't get burnt out because, you know, we've all been on way too many online meetings. Instead of doing it all in one week, we're spreading it out over, you know, five, six weeks on Wednesdays. Every Wednesday you tune in and our attendees will see the products and tech demos that they would normally see in Chicago on uh, the show floor. Every morning, Jules and I will walk them through that day. And at the end of the day, either Jules or myself will interview an economist that will provide an outlook on that day's particular manufacturing technology. What dovetails in between these Wednesdays? So you said every Wednesday is a new is a new concept, right? So what's happening in between those Wednesdays? If I go to imts.com forward slash demo days, what am I going to see? The demo days are just specifically on Wednesdays. Okay, Every other day of the week, we have IMTS Spark has new content on. Gotcha. And it, it typically you know, varies every week on what the topic and technology is. But Monday, Tuesday, uh, Thursday, and Friday, there's going to be content on IMTS Spark. Got it. As Got well. It. Just wanted to know. Specifically the demo days that you know attendees can virtually or digitally walk into and experience a IMTS show floor exhibit again through the comfort of their own home. That's on Wednesday. It's interactive too, which is even the best part. If you have a question, you can ask it right there in real time and get your answer. Love that. Love that. So, is there any cost for signing up for this uh, demo days, or it, it's completely free to any of the machine shop owners or any of the people of interest that would be interested in, in participating? If you're, I, I, as far as I'm concerned, I think if you are signed up with IMTS Spark already, all the details in there. But if you go to, again, like more information is on the website, imts.com slash demo days. Got it. 
if, if any information like that's going to be right there for you. Great. Steve, it sounds absolutely fantastic. We appreciate the time that you gave us today and equipping us with a little bit more industry knowledge. And although this sounds fantastic, we still yearn the human-to-human connection. We look forward to IMTS 2022. Same. All right. Well, we'll let you go. Thanks, Stefan. You're welcome. You're very welcome. See you guys there. See you, buddy. Thanks, bud. Bye. So let's go to number two, which is his routines. So Tom Brady actually has a company that he, that he owns. I don't know if you guys knew this. He probably owns multiple companies. He probably does, but he has one that's like his namesake. It's called TB12. 12 is his his number, and it's a health and wellness organization. And the CEO of, of that organization says about Tom, Tom's sustained success over the past 20 plus years is a testament to his incredible drive and his meticulous approach to everything he does. It's that mindset that allows him to keep going. And the avocado ice cream. And the avocado ice cream. So I'm just going to... Sounds good. I'm going to read to you guys his daily schedule, and I'll I'll try to make it brief, but it's kind of interesting that he has this daily routine that he goes through all the time, and he apparently doesn't veer from it very often. So 5.30, he wakes up, he drinks water and a smoothie, 7, breakfast with his family, 8 to 10.30, strengthening and conditioning. So you mentioned working out, Jim. He works out for two and a half hours That's a in long the morning. Time. That's a long but time. But he is a professional NFL He's a professional foot. athlete. You know, but he does have a dad bod. Like, I, I, when I was doing some research and going yeah. through these articles, there was yeah. a picture of him on the beach. He's got a dad bod. Does he? You know, he, he's not he's not all jacked up or anything like that. No, he's actually, he looks, he looks a little skinny lately. Yeah, but I mean, he, like he, one of the things that he said about his workout routine is that he doesn't do free weights or heavy weights anymore. He does all like um, resistance training because he doesn't want to take the chance of getting injured. So right. I thought, that, I thought that was interesting. He's probably doing metabolic conditioning. Probably. So he goes to the beach, he reviews game footage, he has lunch, he has team practice, he works out again, and he does what's called pliability sessions. He has dinner with his family, he reviews films again, talks about you know strategy with his coach, then he has his family time again, and then he goes to bed at 8.30. So he's got a very, very rigorous routine that he goes through every day, and he goes to bed at 8.30. I wonder how often he deviates from that. I don't think he deviates very often. I wish I, I think could he, stay up that late. I know. Well, we've <laughs> talked. To, I mean, I know Jim and I have talked about this. That like you know, my best times are when I get into bed on the eights and I'm like reading a book. So yeah, I yeah. can right. I can feel that right on. So you know, we've actually talked a lot about. You know, I want to just kind of mention this. We've talked a lot of making chips about routines on the show. If you want to refer to episodes 99 and episodes 181, there's something to be said about routines. So, I got something good for our audience too. What do you yeah, go ahead. So he's got this book. The TB12 method. Yes. How to achieve a, a lifetime right? of sustained peak performance. And we will share this avocado ice cream recipe. Oh, go ahead. With I'd our, like to hear it. With the Boring Bar newsletter. So you'll have to wait. Oh, oh, we're gonna put oh, it in the show notes. You'll have there to you go. see it All in right. the show notes. Let's put it in the show. Awesome. I'm gonna. Buy, I'm actually gonna buy that book. Or if yeah. somebody from the Metalworking Nation wants to, you know, it's you know, a lot like it what me, you're doing can. with Dave Asprey and that kind of stuff. Yeah. It, it oh, really I'm sure. Is, so. I'm sure. So, do you guys have a very rigorous routine that you go through every day? I drink bulletproof coffee in the morning. No, but I mean, like, is your day pretty much scheduled very similarly? No, but my all morning is. So okay. my day goes like I get to work and then I get pulled in a hundred different directions and. I, I try to make sure that like my inbox doesn't become my calendar. Do you know. know what that means? Yeah, yes, totally. I totally get or, that. Or other people's to-do list. Yeah, right. Yeah. But I can control the morning before I get to work, and I, and I do have a pretty consistent routine there. So similar to yours, you know, I wake yeah. up, I do my, I'm always in like a daily Bible plan, so I read that. Yep. I have my bulletproof coffee, talk to the fam for five minutes because I'm usually late. Right. And then head to work, and then chaos ensues. Yeah. What about you, Jim? It's pretty pretty much you know it's not quite like Tom Brady's, but I'm up at four thirty mm-hmm. on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday because you going to the gym. 
go to the gym at six to seven, three days a week. And I'm really consistent with that. And then I go to work and then I start working my inbox. Or if there's a fire when I get in, I start with that. So you could probably attest some of your success to the fact that you go through this routine that's very similar all the time. I, I you know, success, we just did a podcast on sick. What what does success mean? Well, I mean, success is in is you're accomplishing what you set yourself out yeah. to do. So I think drive, being driven is in really having a mental map of the vision you want to find. I remember years ago when, before I bought my house that I live in now, I always had an idea in my head. And I, they said, if you want something bad enough, think of that thing in your head and constantly remind yourself of that thing, that physical thing, or it could be, you know, it could be an emotional thing as well. But Think about those things always, and it'll always remind you of what your goal is out there, and you'll get it. But you have to be—you have to be driven. You can't lose your mind. You can't—you can't set up yourself for failure. They have to be realistic goals. Yeah. So my, mine's similar in that I write down my goals and I try to refer to them, you know, on a daily basis. So you got it in your head. Yeah. So yeah. what's in your head, Jim? What is this thing? Well, right now, to, yeah. today, this year, this past year, it's it's the new building. It yeah, are, is really the, getting settled in, and it's a big chunk of my head of right your now brain that power. I can see. I can see it. I can visualize it. Yeah. I know what it's going to do, and and every day it's getting better. When is the? I, I asked you this before, but when is the actual move in day? They're, they're saying four months. Really? Okay. So gotcha. we'll. Yeah. Fingers crossed, knock on wood, we'll do the best we can do. So let's move on to number three. So yeah. another another component of his performance and his leadership is his physical fitness and diet. So Tom Brady, I guess, used to eat nachos, lunch meat, fried food, and soda, but now he drinks smoothies in the morning with fruit, nuts, seeds. It's quite the difference. He doesn't consume caffeine or white flour, white sugar, dairy products, and anything that is gluten. He avoids vegetables that could cause inflammation, such as tomatoes, eggplants, peppers, and mushrooms. He only eats high-quality foods and not mass-manufactured food. Well, here's the other thing, too. He has the resources. Yeah, but most manufacturing leaders do, too. You know, I mean, yes, the owners, true. CEOs yes, of, of companies, right. the metalworking nation, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, there's not a lot of people that are, you know, paupers out there that are running manufacturing So it's very companies. much a... Eliminate inflammation type diet. Yeah, and it's actually kind of funny. So the diet that my wife and I are on right now, we we actually we're trying to cut back on some of those inflammatory veggies too. So so what does this have to do with a manufacturing leader? So I'm on a rigorous diet. I know, you know, you guys probably, I don't know if you're as rigorous as that, but you know, I think that it's challenging to be a leader. And I think you have to make sure that your body is fueled with the right energy source in order to have the energy to, to lead your well, team you, and to you drive yourself. You can't lead a successful business by coming to work every morning hungover. Or on donuts. Right. I mean- You get a hangover from donuts. You could. It happens like one hour after you eat them. Yeah. If you've eliminated them from your diet, they'll definitely be more of an effect. But I, I'm a firm believer that, I've mentioned this before on the show, that my wife calls me extra. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. Yeah, <laughs> she's not right. I, I'm self-aware. And so, but I mean, like one of the things is, is that like, you know, I feel energized in the morning. And I think a lot of that is I'm not like bogging myself down with the wrong stuff, you know? So my diet's not quite as solid as yours, but no. this, this happened like one hour ago. So I walk into Advanced and I got this young guy who works with me. He's our customer success specialist. And I'm like, what's up, Ethan? How's it going, brother? And I give him a fist bump and he just starts laughing. I'm like, what? Is this something like that? He's like, 
you just come in like ready to rock and roll. He's like, you're, you're all hyper, you know? I'm like, I don't know. That's just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I try to bring good energy to work. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's a positive for sure. Okay, number four. So he has outside interests, but they don't hinder his core objective. So what's what's Tom Brady's vision? What's his core objective? Win Super Bowls. Win Super Bowls. So yeah. if I was Tom Brady, if I was in Tom Brady's head, I would think that this guy is constantly thinking about himself. He's like, my body is a machine and I have to hone it and keep it well oiled and physically fit and have a really cognizant approach to his future because his body is his livelihood. And the more acute he can be in his approach is going to be, it's going to be to his success, obviously. Yep. I, and I think that that's a great segue into, so his TB12 health and wellness organization, their mantra is inspired by Tom, driven by experts. So what does that not say? Who is it not driven by? Morons. No, it's not. Dri- <laughs> it's not driven by Tom. Right. Yeah. yeah. So because right. if he was driving TB12, he would be distracted from his core objective. Sure. So he's got a CEO. He's the inspiration for the company, but he's not there dealing with like, you know, the issues that are going on. And, you know, he's not, he's, he's probably pretty limited in you know, like high level, you know, decisions that are made because he doesn't want to be distracted from his main objective, which is the Super Bowl. And I think for right. a lot of, you know, manufacturing leaders, and I think even for myself, like in running my, you know, cutting tool distributorship, I mean, I got to be quite honest, like, you know, and you guys can attest to this too, making chips is not an easy to run. And I get distracted a lot by my primary objective is selling cutting tools and helping manufacturing leaders to, you know, increase production and boost their bottom line. I get distracted by making chips a lot. And I would say if like I were to take a cue from Tom Brady, it'd be like, well, how do I how do I do things that that aid into my core objective and at the same time, you know, not be distracted, you know? So I think that this is a good model for somebody. Granted, I'm not going to be winning Super Bowls or anything like that, but he's really focused on winning Super Bowls. Like that's his objective. And just like a lot of manufacturing that's leaders, all out he's there, thinking about probably yeah, all the exactly. time. There has to be synergy between his core objective and TB12. So totally, but there like, is. He uses you know? his health and yes. wellness to be a great quarterback. You know what he's doing in that program is like how he lives towards his core core mm-hmm. objective. So yeah. for us. Each of us, we learn a lot about how to be good at our core job. It's very true. The guests we bring on to making chips and what we learn from each other. And yep, if there wasn't any synergy, it's like, why are you even doing it? Right. But I mean, like, there's synergy with TB12 for him. But it's they're very clear on their website. Inspired by Tom, not driven by Tom, driven by experts. Inspired by Tom. So I just I thought that that was interesting. That is that interesting. None of this stuff detracts him from his core core objective. So it says Tom Brady co-founded TB12 on the belief that everyone can benefit from a smarter, more holistic approach to health and wellness. Tom's functional strength and conditioning principles innovate recovery practices and commitment to preventing and addressing injuries are the basis for everything TB12 does. So, you know, he's trying to help other football players and he's trying to be a leader out on the field by saying, okay, how do we be better football players? So I just, I thought that that was, I thought that was interesting. It is. So, and and the results is that he wins. He appears to be fulfilled. He's, as as Jim mentioned, he's married to a 
what do they what do they call those models? Supermodel. A oh. supermodel. Thank you. And he attracts other winners. I mean, there was a lot of people that came out I of retirement just to play with him. His wife is wealthier than he is. That she could is. be. Oh yeah. But I don't think that's not. Again, you know, we've talked about what is success and what's the legacy you want to leave. Right. I don't think Tom Brady's trying to make money. I think Tom Brady trying to win Super Bowls. I think the fact that he gets a fifty million dollar contract that is like, family has yeah. more money than they know what to ex- do. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, I truly believe if I didn't pay attention to my mindset you know, my diet, my fitness, and I got distracted from what's most important, I would be less successful in in achieving my objective. So I just thought that it would be great to take a cue from Tom Brady and how to be a more effective leader so that I can make a bigger impact. Awesome. So what do you, what do you guys think? Is there something? Well, I do have to say, because, you know, I thought about this over the weekend, of course, it was Super Bowl and Tom Mm -hmm. Brady and he just moved and, you know, teams and he did it. And I thought, you know, why can't Chicago create a Super Bowl team or why can't Chicago be the baseball team that it you know that it was a few years ago and I think that they're hiring the right people they're paying the money mm-hmm. for the people yeah Tampa Bay wasn't a competitor and then they brought in Tom and they win the Super Bowl exactly it, it just goes to show you that if you hire quality people and you surround yourself with people that share the same vision as you and the sh- same integrity. And you let them focus on their core objective. Right. Like they, didn't, they didn't ask Tom to be the coach no. and the offensive right. coordinator. Yep. Like, he just got to be the quarterback. Didn't Grubkowski... Or- he came out of retirement to, to play to with Tom. Play That's with another Tom. good point. Yeah. So, yeah. Also, so this is like an HR move. Yeah, they also right. like <laughs> allow their main leader to like have some influence on the decisions that the organization yeah. makes. They didn't so, say, hey, you go be a quarterback, we'll make all the decisions. Yeah. So that's what I like about this, the dynamics of this team and the culture that they're creating there. And I think, to relate it back to manufacturing, because we are a manufacturing podcast, not a sports show, but I think- We're doing a pretty good job talking about sports, though, aren't we? We are. Even though like the three of us really don't have much of a clue, Well, actually. Nick is the big sports guy over, yeah. out of the three of us. But, but he's but, not even that into the NFL, I, I, I think, get, except for gambling. <laughs> yeah. I like to gamble, too, Nick. I don't. But I understand, I get it, that- if you want to build a successful unit, regardless if it's a football team or a manufacturing company, you need to surround yourself with intelligent people that share the same vision. And you had to make it clear on what your vision truly is and where you want to go. And if you do that, like Tom Brady is really focusing on his himself and his unit of people that you can have success. Yeah, I mean, the other thing that related to that, Jim, is, you know, and and Nick kind of alluded this too, is, you know, superstars attract other superstars. And I think that that's another cue. So is there there something like you could change in yourself? Always room for improvement. Of course, there's always room for improvement. If if you you went to somebody and said, no, I mean, related to these, these, these points about Tom Brady. I, I just give him I give him a lot of credit because he's really committed. He's really committed. And again, he has the resources to really, you know, once you're at a certain level in life, I always say you can always tell like with actors and actresses more importantly, as they start ha- or music artists, as they start becoming more popular, they start getting a little bit more refined. They start getting a little bit more attractive. They start getting a little bit thinner. They start wearing better clothes. And I believe that Tom Brady is utilizing the resources he has, he has right now, to amp up all those skill sets and all those innate and unique things that he has in his head. You know what I mean? Yep. So for me, 
it's one thing to have the knowledge of like what to do. So I've done this low inflammation diet before and I was like really committed to it and I lost a ton of weight and felt really good. But like having the knowledge and then actually doing it and committing it to it and being consistent is where I always fall off. Yeah. You know, I like chocolate a lot and sometimes it's not healthy. So I think that's probably my biggest takeaway is like he's very consistent and he keeps the bar. Consistency is power. He sets a really high bar for himself. So, yes. You know, yeah, he he doesn't let himself get distracted, but at the same time he doesn't he he, he maintains a level of self awareness and humility to like, keep course. pushing himself. He yeah. doesn't he never seems to feel like he's already arrived. And Absolutely. so for for me it's the consistency thing. So I have a I have a closing question for you guys. But before I go there, I wanna Ask the Metalworking Nation. You know, if you if you guys are enjoying this episode, could you do us a favor and go to iTunes, give us a five star, tell us what you love about the podcast, and we would really appreciate that. So, in closing, do you guys think that if you change your mindset, if you are more rigorous with your routines, if you change your physical fitness and your diet, and if you really focus on what's important, do you think you can make more chips? Absolutely, absolutely. Because if you're not making chips, you're not making money. Bam. Thanks for listening to the Making Chips podcast. Jim and Jason knew that the metalworking nation, the community of world-class makers, needed to commit to a new way of leading to stay ahead of the competition. So, Making Chips was created to fill that void, to give you advice from other manufacturing leaders who can push you to take action. Your manufacturing challenges have a solution. And many of them are at makingchips.com.